0: When something walks like a duck and talks like a duck, we're supposed to assume that it is a duck. However, just because the Jehovah's Witnesses have a Jesus who sounds like our Jesus doesn't mean they truly know who he is. In this episode, I want to talk about how we give the gospel to Jehovah's Witnesses. Hey everyone, my name is Ray Burns, and I want to encourage Christians to understand why they do what they do and why they believe what they believe so that they can keep growing in spiritual maturity. This is episode three and the final episode of my series on Jehovah's Witnesses. Up to this point, we have talked about kind of the basics of the Jehovah's Witness worldview, uh, looking at kind of how they started and how they answer the five big questions about life. In the last episode, we looked at more of a deeper dive of the Jehovah's Witness religion, answering some questions that people often have, and kind of digging into the very specific beliefs that they have that form their entire worldview. And now, when we're learning about other religions as Christians, it can be tempting to just treat it as almost a spectacle, to learn about people like Jehovah's Witnesses or Muslims simply with the idea of either gaining knowledge or maybe even deriding them a little bit and laughing and mocking to ourselves or others about, oh, how could they believe such silly things? But as followers of Jesus Christ, our desire isn't just to be right, but to give other people the truth that they so desperately need. And so I hope that you are entering this episode not just with maybe an academic curiosity on what Jehovah's Witnesses believe, but a true heart for giving the gospel to people who need it. And as we've discussed up till now, Jehovah's Witnesses fill kind of a unique role in that they're not like most other religions where they are so far gone that the gospel is a stark contrast to what they believe. Instead, Jehovah's Witnesses seem to say a lot of the right things. They seem to do things very similar to how we ought to do them at the very least. And yet, as we especially discussed last time, a lot of their words that they use have very different definitions from what ours do. And so while they seem to say the right things and do the right things, uh, you know, as I said at the beginning of this, they seem to walk like a duck and talk like a duck. Ultimately, we have to realize that the Jehovah's Witnesses don't truly understand the gospel because they don't truly understand Jesus Christ. They don't understand salvation. They don't understand their own sin, And so as a result, while they claim to trust the work of Jesus Christ on the cross for their salvation, while they say that it's faith alone that saves them and not their works, what we've really seen is that that's not the case at all. And so in this episode, I just really want to round out this whole discussion by talking about the most important thing, and really the reason I hope a lot of people want to learn about the Jehovah's Witnesses, and that is so that we can be better followers of Christ by being able to give the gospel to someone in a way that makes sense to them and in a way that can maybe cut through a lot of the misunderstandings they have about Christ. And as I've said before, if you can't memorize all this or if all this goes over your head, that's not an excuse not to share the gospel. The goal of this is simply to help people feel better equipped to have the conversations that they will end up having with Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, when it comes to sharing the gospel with really anyone, a lot of times we picture these very Hollywood moments where we see, you know, maybe we walk them through the Romans road or we just talk to them about sin and consequences and the holy laws of God and what Jesus Christ did on the cross because he, who he was— and we think that at the end of this conversation, maybe it's a five-minute gospel presentation or an hour-long sit-down at a coffee shop, we want to see God just bring them to this state of overwhelming repentance and see the light click on behind their eyes as the Holy Spirit illuminates them to the truth and shows them their true need for Jesus Christ to save them because they cannot do anything to please God on their own. And so we, we want to be there, we want to witness God taking someone from a state of unbelief and rebellion against their creator to humbling themselves before him and asking Christ to save them. And that's exciting. You know, that's that's the stuff that good stories are made out of, and that encourages us because we see God at work in people's lives. But I really want to start off this whole conversation by just warning you that when sharing the gospel with a Jehovah's Witness, you're probably not going to see anything like that. It's going to be very rare that someone who shares the gospel with a Jehovah's Witness is going to be the one who sees them turn to Jesus Christ. And so the verse to really keep in mind, really with with sharing the gospel with anyone, but especially with Jehovah's Witnesses, and I'll explain why, uh, but the verse to keep in mind is 1 Corinthians three six, which says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. And so depending on kind of your religious upbringing— you may think that the goal when sharing the gospel with someone is to kind of demand a conversion, or that success in sharing the gospel is when someone turns to Christ in that moment. But as followers of Christ, we have to realize that we aren't called to you know, sign people up for you know, a pyramid scheme or to sell magazine subscriptions where we need to get an answer right there. We need to have the call to action, have them do something, because we are the ones who gave it to them. We need to trust that all we have to do is be faithful stewards of what God has given us and to use the opportunities he gives us to share the gospel with others. But ultimately, it is God who brings them to repentance. And with Jehovah's Witnesses, we're going to talk about how when you're giving them the gospel, there is a lot more you're telling them than simply, oh, you need to believe the real Jesus. Because Jehovah's Witnesses have a lot about their lives that we are going to be asking them to give up. And so just rest knowing that when you give the gospel to a Jehovah's Witness, speak to them as though their soul depends on it, obviously. But don't be discouraged or even surprised if it seems like you're just talking to a brick wall the whole time and they walk away seeming unchanged by what you said. So with that kind of foundational warning uh, laid out, I just want to share some things to be, be prepared for when you talk to a Jehovah's Witness. Now, the first thing to be prepared for is for them to know a lot more than you do. Remember that a Jehovah's Witness will spend several hours every week really just preparing to talk to people and defend their faith. On top of that, they tend to spend, as I shared, about 8 to 10 hours a week knocking on doors, sometimes even more, and so they are very experienced with dealing with things like rejection and criticism and even questions about their faith. And remember that it's that constant rejection that makes them dig deeper into the safety of their own religion because to them, Jehovah's Witnesses are the only ones who will accept them for who they are and are the only ones who aren't hostile to them. And so when you have a Jehovah's Witness, maybe come up to your door or you know a friend at work or a neighbor that you're speaking to, just be prepared for them to be very well studied because they are trained to answer probably all the questions that you're going to ask them. They are trained to respond and correct any Bible verses we may bring up that seem to prove them wrong. But don't let that reality dissuade you, of course, because what we need to realize is that debates, when we debate someone, you're considered the winner based on who is the most convincing and who can ask the most questions that can't be answered. But we aren't called to debate people into the kingdom of God. And Whether someone knows more than us doesn't change what is really true. Just like, I could talk to an evolutionist about science, and they could make all the logical reasons why the Earth had a natural cause, and they could probably talk circles around me, because I'm not trained like they are in a particular field of science. However, just because someone can overwhelm us with fact, or supposed fact anyway, does not mean that that somehow changes truth. So when you're speaking to Jehovah's Witness, don't get caught up in what is effectively letting them set the terms for the debate, and instead just keep the conversation focused not on fact, not on anything except two things that they need to understand, and that is that Christ is God, and that salvation is by grace alone. And again, The first one, they're going to have all kinds of answers to. The second one, they're going to say that they believe. But as we'll kind of talk later in this episode, those are very important things that they have to truly understand if they want to go from believing in a false version of Jesus Christ and salvation to a true one. So point number one, just remember, they will know more than you. And they are trained to tangle you up in secondary issues like word translations, taking certain Bible verses out of context, and whatever else they can do to pull you away from questions that they can't answer. So at the end of the day, just keep going back to the truth, Jesus Christ and the gospel. And that is all that you really need to talk to them about. Now, the second thing to keep in mind when sharing the gospel with a Jehovah's Witness is that we don't want to try to turn them to our way of thinking. In other words, we don't want to try to convert them to being a Baptist or a Presbyterian or, you know, a Reformed evangelical. You know, whatever titles or whatever secondary things you may fall into, remember that we aren't trying to turn them to our church or to our whole belief system. And that's important to realize because what we have to remember is that when a Jehovah's Witness is talking to us and they know that we are a Christian who is not a Jehovah's Witness— we have to remember that we are representing the whore of Babylon to them. They are told that we are following Satan and his blinding lies, and so the things that we are saying to them aren't coming from the Bible. We are the ones who are twisting Scripture according to what they believe. And so when we're talking to them, and this is why I said it's so important to realize that we're probably not going to see them convert on the spot is because our goal isn't necessarily to convert them on the spot. We don't want to tell them, hey, you need to believe what I believe. Instead, a lot of the stories I've read about Jehovah's Witnesses and a lot of of what people say that drew them out of the religion wasn't people convincing them that their version of Christianity was right, but instead by calling them to question their own beliefs. And so when we're giving the gospel to them. We don't necessarily want to just focus on, no, you need to believe me, you need to listen to me, because what we're really telling them is you need to abandon the truths of Jehovah and follow Satan's twisted version of, of Christianity. Instead, what we need to do is to ask them questions and to give them really permission to question what they think is true. In other words, it's not about convincing them that we are right, but letting them realize that they may be wrong in how they are understanding verses or interpreting things. Again, God is going to be the one who brings them to truth, and this will often happen not in our living rooms or you know out and about at you know a coffee shop or something. It's going to happen in the quiet of their own bedrooms when they're laying there late at night, really questioning why they're doing what they're doing, why they believe what they believe. And the things that we say to them are going to be used by God to call them to start pursuing truth as seen in the Bible rather than what is maybe given to them by the governing body. And now this may be like, okay, so then we don't give them the truth? No, what we actually say to them probably won't change. However, our hearts and our attitude need to be focused not on just convincing them and winning that debate and making them admit that we are right, but instead loving them enough to keep showing them the truth that they need to see so that they can start realizing that what they believe isn't true. Now, third thing to keep in mind, as I hinted at earlier, is that remember that you aren't just asking them to change their religious beliefs. You're not just challenging a part of their identity or part of their lives that is wrapped up in Jehovah's Witnesses. Remember that the entire religious system, the entire life of Jehovah's Witnesses is completely insulated. A lot of people who are Jehovah's Witnesses have probably been there since birth. They grew up in a Jehovah's Witness family. And so all their friends, all their family, is going to be located basically at their nearest kingdom hall, right? their, their nearest church-type building. Everything about their lives is wrapped up in the people of the Jehovah's Witness religion. And so with that, we have to remember that their entire belief system revolves around the idea that their salvation from the impending Armageddon, the end of the world, the destruction of everything, and God remembering them and and resurrecting them in a sense, all of that hinges on their faithfulness to the teachings of the governing body. And so what that means is that when we are challenging them to see that Jesus Christ truly is God and that he is the only means of salvation without any works on our part to earn or maintain our salvation— we're not just asking them to change their mind on how they're interpreting something. When we plant that seed of truth, we're asking them to willingly uproot their entire lives. Because remember, if, you, if a Jehovah's Witness starts chasing after the teachings of the whore of Babylon, they're going to be excommunicated. They're going to be disfellowshipped, removed from everything related to the Jehovah's Witnesses. And that's not just banning them from the church. That is literally being shunned by an entire community including their families, to where if they are living with their parents still, they're going to be kicked out of their home. If they are married with children, they risk losing their family if their families won't follow them in truly following Jesus Christ. And so when we are asking them to surrender to Jesus Christ, to ask him to save them and to truly follow the the true Jesus Christ of the Bible, we're asking them to give up and lose every sense of stability they've ever known. We are asking them to, to literally lose everything for the sake of Jesus Christ. And we need to approach that with great humility and great love and great care, because it's not just asking them to keep on going about their daily life, but now they're a Christian. And a lot of times I think that's how we treat Christianity, that you know, Christ is just kind of a separate part of our lives. You know, we, we do our things, we have our jobs, we have our hobbies, we have our family and friends and interests. But also we're Christians. But the life of Jehovah's Witness, everything they are is wrapped up in what they believe about Jesus Christ. And to abandon their belief about Christ is to abandon every aspect of their lives. And so kind of the the final thing to keep in mind when sharing a Jehovah's Witness and sharing the gospel with them, and this obviously branches off the last one, is that we want to let them know that we are there for them and we need to make sure that we mean it. You know, a lot of times we can just give the gospel to people and it's, you know, we can be kind of lazy about it. You know, we can just leave tracks at a restaurant or whatever and have no responsibility and no follow through with what we're saying to people. You know, we can share the gospel with people when, you know, we're hanging out at a restaurant or waiting in line for something. And, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with sharing the gospel with people like that. But oftentimes our commitment to them ends whenever we part ways. But with a Jehovah's Witness, again, what we're asking them to do is to give up everything they believe, everything they know, perhaps completely and radically change their entire lives as they lose contact with an entire community, with everyone they've ever known, even their best friends, their family, their, their spouses or their kids. We're asking them to do that thing, and we need to make sure that we're not doing that flippantly or just feeling content when you know they leave our doors and, and we feel like we're done with them. If, you know, the likely situation of when we share the gospel with a Jehovah's Witness is, you know, in our living room. And so I would encourage you, if you have the opportunity to talk to a Jehovah's Witness about Jesus Christ, before they leave, let them know that they're welcome to come back and talk to you on their own if they have any doubts and need someone to talk to. And you can even let them know that if, you know, you know what you're asking them to give up, you're asking them to give up their friends, their family, and to be disfellowshipped. And in their understanding, they are potential, you're asking them to give up true salvation by defying the, the teachings of the governing body. Let them know that you understand those things and that you're there for them. Because what, what they have to do is a, is a terrifying thing. A lot of the stories that I've read of people who share uh, when they got out of Jehovah's Witnesses, a lot of times they use words like escape to describe leaving, because the Jehovah's Witnesses are effectively a cult that doesn't want to let them go. They feel trapped and imprisoned in their belief system, because you have the governing body who's kind of controlling truth, and you have really the risk of community and their salvation being held by how well they stay in line with those teachings. And so to leave them is to basically break free of a very oppressive system that tries to control their thoughts and their actions. And a lot of these stories also aren't just these immediate things where someone shared the gospel with them or they someone called them to doubt what they believed and immediately they left. It was often weeks or months and sometimes even years of living in a quiet kind of doubt before they chose to leave. And What is heartbreaking is that a lot of times when people leave the Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't leave and celebrate a clear understanding of who Jesus Christ is, but instead they celebrate completely rejecting God and everything about him. And really, understanding Jehovah's Witnesses like we do, we can't really blame them. And so, understanding that, understanding kind of the process that most Jehovah's Witnesses go through, when we're sharing the gospel with them, we want to let them know that they don't need to be left alone with their doubts, you know, we're, we're not sitting there in our living room just to win a debate and, and be content for them to reject Jehovah's Witnesses. Because our goal isn't for them to just leave a false belief system, but we want them to replace lies for truth. We want them to replace the false belief of Jesus Christ in salvation with a true biblical understanding of those things. And so as followers of Christ, we want to ultimately love and protect these people who need the truth of Christ— And so I want to end off kind of this section of the episode by just sharing some things that we might want to be prepared for when we're doing more than just asking them to doubt their religion, but instead to truly give up their lives to follow Jesus Christ. So we need to realize that they will be cut off from friends and family, and younger people may even be without a home. We should recognize that an entire lifetime of lies that they have believed are going to come crashing down around them and a lot of times they're going to have no idea how to process it because everything they believed about life is wrong. Oftentimes, they're going to be tempted to go the complete opposite direction of their upbringing, and instead of finding a true version of Jesus Christ, they're going to want to reject everything about him completely because they're going to see the teachings of Christ as the thing that ruined their lives. Uh, A lot of times, they're going to be without any kind of life skills and will be unable to navigate a world outside the safety of the Jehovah's Witnesses. And that can be big things like filing taxes. That can be small things like washing their own clothes or knowing how to fix a car or even how to apply for a job. And then finally, there's going to be a lot of guilt and fear as they not only abandon their source of salvation, but embrace beliefs that they were always told were evil. And so at the end of the day... Leaving the Jehovah's Witnesses isn't like leaving, say, Catholicism, where your former friends are maybe disturbed, but still kind to you and still willing to talk to you. These people that we're speaking to are going to be genuinely leaving the clutches of a cult. And before they leave our home, we want to let them know that there is safety for them outside of their religion and of the community that they have built up over maybe the course of their entire lives. So all that being said, understanding what's going to happen when we share the gospel with the Jehovah's Witness, how do we do it? What are some things that we should actively keep in mind related to Christ and salvation? Well, while there's a lot to know about Jehovah's Witnesses, and you know, we've, we've spent two episodes really digging into the nitty-gritty beliefs, sharing the gospel with them the act itself is actually quite simple because sharing the gospel with anyone is a very basic thing. There's a a lot of kind of follow-up questions that might kind of rattle us, but at the end of the day, there's really only two things that anyone needs to know. And with a Jehovah's Witness, we can kind of tailor this specifically to kind of challenge what they already believe. So the first thing they need to know is that their good works and baptism cannot remove God's wrath for their sin. And no amount of effort on their part can create faith or earn their salvation. And some kind of verses to keep in mind as we are talking to them about that. uh, One easy one is Isaiah 64, 6, which says, For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. All of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. In other words, God says that our righteous deeds are good acts are like filthy garments. They are disgusting. They are useless. Um, and for further reading, I would really encourage you to read Romans 3, verses 10 through 20. And, you know, just the, um, you know, the first uh, three verses there, verses 10 through 12, are really the key ones. Uh, it talks about, "...as it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is none who seeks for God." all have turned aside together they have become useless there is none who does good there is not even one so again the key thing to realize is that even though we think our good deeds are good in in light of a holy god they are nothing they are useless we are incapable of doing good apart from the work of god in our lives so we can't do anything to earn our salvation or to keep our salvation because nothing we do is truly good, is truly done with the right motives. And so understanding the reality of good works and how we can't earn salvation or forgiveness for sin on our own, another thing that they need to understand is that Jesus Christ is God, and he alone is able to save us without any work on our part. And now where I would go to kind of share that with them would be Romans 3, verses 21 to 24. Which says, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. And then another classic set of verses to take them to and to help them really understand the truth of who Jesus Christ is and what he does in saving us is Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, which says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And so here we have two things. We have our inability to save ourselves, our inability to do any good, and yet through Christ— we can be saved. It's through grace alone, the gift of God, with no strings attached, with no requirements on ourselves to earn or maintain it. And so understanding those things, that is where we can share with them that they need to put their trust in the true Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. As Romans 10.13 says, For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't say for whoever will do enough good to earn favor with God will be saved. No, it is us calling on Jesus Christ to save us, on us trusting that we are not good enough to erase our crimes before God, and that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sin, and he offers that grace, that gift freely and that it's by calling on him that we will be saved. And it's not the act of calling that saves us, but it is a response and understanding who we are and who God is and how desperately we need Jesus Christ to save us. And that's really it. I mean, I could have made this a 30-second podcast, I guess, by simply saying, talk to them about sin and salvation and Jesus Christ. But again, understanding what Jehovah's Witnesses believes that really helps us to understand how to present the gospel to them. But again, just remember that we are planting a seed with them. We're not asking them to convert on the spot and sign a card saying, I got saved on such and such a day. We want to just plant that seed to give the Holy Spirit kind of, you know, kindling that we build up around them so that he can spark truth and understanding in their hearts. And so, understanding that, that is why it's important when we're speaking to Jehovah's Witness not to get caught up in a bunch of secondary things, but to keep our conversation focused on Jesus Christ and the gospel. And if we do that, we're all set. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I was going to have this episode be just a full-on thing about sharing the gospel with Jehovah's Witnesses, both things to kind of keep in mind before we do, as well as things that we can say or or how to be prepared for conversations that we will probably have with them, but we're already, uh, according to my recorder, about 30 minutes in. Uh, so after editing, this will probably be around I don't know the 20, 25 minute mark. So what I think I want to do instead is split this into four episodes. I'm going to leave this episode as kind of the prep work, the and the build up, and what to remember as we're a, you know, preparing to share with a Jehovah's Witness, and then I'm going to end this episode with, effectively, how to tell a Jehovah's Witness about Jesus Christ. And that's just going to dig even deeper into what I, I had just talked about. Um, so we're going to talk about how we're not saved by works, we're going to talk about how Jesus Christ is God and not a God, uh, and then about how to send them away with hope. And so I think I'm going to just do, like I said, uh, a shorter episode this time, and a short ish episode next time so to kind of sum up what we've talked about in this episode because i know it was even though a shorter one it you know could kind of be a lot and of course i'll have uh, some of the stuff down in the show notes if you want to reference that but just remember that when we're talking to jehovah's witness they are trained to get us tangled up in things to distract us from the gospel so keep the conversation focused on sin and salvation and who jesus christ is Remember that we're not trying to win a debate and we will probably not see them ask Jesus Christ to save them from a single conversation. Remember that what will probably end up happening is that we will plant a seed that maybe you know, God will have three, four, five other people build on over the course of this person's life that we pray will result in the Holy Spirit bringing them to the truth of their need for Jesus Christ. But just remember that when we're talking to them and when we are sharing things with them, that we are asking them to give up so much about their lives, that it's not just a simple thing of, oh, just ask Christ to save you and you're good to go. Maybe come to a true church instead of, you know, visiting a kingdom hall. Because what we're actually asking them to do is to genuinely give up everything they know about their lives, their friends, their safety and their stability in order to follow Jesus Christ. And that's what Christ calls us to do, and he tells us that that is what our lives are going to look like. But for a Jehovah's Witness, that is almost a much more literal thing, that they will have to give up their mother and father and their spouse and their children in order to follow the true Savior. So keep all those things in mind, and approach a Jehovah's Witness not with fear because of how much is involved in us giving them the gospel, but with love and with an overwhelming amount of trust— In Jesus Christ knowing that if that person is at our door if they are in our lives that God has called us to share the truth of the gospel with them and that it's not up to us to get it perfect or to convince them or to know more than they do all we have to do is be faithful to our Savior and to give them the gospel which is really at the end of the day nothing more than understanding what sin is in light of a holy God what our good works ultimately amount to, and because of those two things, why we need the perfect work of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross to save us. And all they have to do is trust that Jesus Christ, who is God, will save them from their sins. He will pay the penalty and take the punishment for their sins and exchange it with his righteousness. So thank you for listening to this episode of Onward in the Faith. If you would like to support this ministry, you can visit the links in the show notes to either give a one-time donation or to pledge any amount to donate regularly every month to help with the costs of keeping up this podcast and the rest of this ministry. I hope this episode encourages you to keep moving onward in your faith toward maturity in Christ.